Welcome back to New Money. We're discussing short-term insurance. My guest is Peter Oliot. You can email me questions on brian at bdtv.co.za. I'd just like to share with you what happened to a colleague of mine recently. Yeah. He traveled to New York. Halfway through the trip in, on the plane, eight hours, he, his um, prostate went seized. Mm. And he was in the most terrible agony. They found a doctor on board and they, he, tr- he tried to catheterize him. Very amazing thing to try and do yeah. on an aircraft. But then in the medical kit, they were able to give him an injection, yeah. which uh, ho- calmed him down. He arrived in New York eight hours later. He went straight to the New York Presbyterian Hospital. Uh, they admitted him. It took six hours to get a um, um, catheter put into him to give him that relief. He didn't see a um, um, surgeon for two more days. He decided this service is useless. Got back on a plane, came back to South Africa, and ha- sorted it out within a few days. Yes. In the meantime, he put get paid five thousand dollars for his admission to the New York Hospital. Yep. He put in a claim for his travel insurance, and they discovered that he has an enlarged prostate. Yes. To climb the claim. So let's just talk about another situation. Yeah. Someone takes blood pressure pa- tablets yes. and they take cholesterol tablets and their blood pressure and cholesterol tablets are completely under control. Yes. Now I know you're not a doctor, yep. but they go overseas, they go to Australia, they have a heart attack. Yes. Now because you're taking cholesterol and blood pressure tablets, it could lead that you, that heart attack is actually part of the medicine you're taking, yes. repudiation. Yeah. Now, a lot of more people are traveling these days. They're buying travel insurance and they're paying for on their credit card. Yes. And there is this pre-existing contra- con- uh, yes. condition. And I don't know any policy, and you may know, where there's no pre- con- uh, preconditions. Yeah. So what do you think people should be telling the insurers when they're buying a travel policy about these type of conditions? Okay. So you can only declare what one knows. So obviously, if you're unaware that you have a medical problem because you haven't been to the doctor for the last three years, then you could use that. But if you have undergone medical treatment in the last two years, particularly for something like a prostate and it's under control, one should still declare that. Um, It's not to say that the insurers won't cover it, uh, but you still need to declare it and they will determine what extent of cover they're willing to uh, afford one. Um, there are some insurers that, that do provide pre-existing conditions. Um, in general terms, the covers that are bought through the credit cards don't. So I would always recommend... Don't, don't what? Cover pre-existing conditions. Okay, they exclude it, yes. Yeah. So I would always recommend that uh, one goes to, the, um, to an insurer to supplement the cover that's provided by the credit card. So it doesn't have to replace it because then it's duplicating par- parts of the cover. But one can get pre-existing conditions provided they're disclosed. Normally the pre-existing conditions that need to be disclosed are anything to do with the heart uh, circulatory system. Um, so do you think it's better, but typically a lot of older people are traveling, I mean, yes. I'm asthmatic. Yes. I mean, I've been asthmatic, not, not, not treated, but I've been asthmatic for 30 or 40 years. Yes. Would I need to disclose that under my travel yes. policy? So the, the more you can, so is it, be, is it better to try and get a, a letter from your medical aid would you suggest that may be an answer uh, and then hand that to, of, of the conditions and then hand that to you and to the yeah, and Unless one is aware of the um, um, things that one's been treated for. So hypertension is a particular one, uh, very common in South Africa, so which is blood pressure. Uh, hypertension, those sorts of things can be disclosed to the insurer when, when requesting specifically pre-existing conditions. And I would say 
you know, anyone traveling, but particularly those above 60 uh, who seem to do the most traveling because they've retired or whatever, they should And their the children live all over the world. Yeah, and they're the ones that should be disclosing. There are a few insurers that do provide the cover. Once you've disclosed? Yes. Are there any companies that, dis that will not... Yeah, there are some travel insurers who don't give pre-existing conditions. Obviously, and, so that, 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 and I've got a question we'll come to later. When yes. do you go direct? When do you use a, a broker? Um, we, we'll That's when the broker comes. Yeah, let, let's just talk yeah. about that. But let me get to some emails as our viewers will be very unhappy with me. Yes. Doug in Jandesburg said, I've recently had a claim repudiated for a vehicle stolen because we have not serviced the NetStar every six months. Yes. I was not aware of this. Apparently, in the small print, the policy issued by Infinity Insurers have a clause stating that it must be tested once every six months. Yes. My broker never pointed this out when it was time to renew. Do all policies have such a clause? And surely NetStar have the responsibility to contact owners whose devices are no longer emitting signals. After all, they do get paid monthly. Now, I think about my, my cars. I've got, I think it's NetStar, maybe one of the other, I'm not even yeah. sure. But I, I never check it. Okay. So, again, it depends on the product one is, is being offered. So it's all in the fine print. Not every policy has a condition which requires one to test the tracking device. The second thing is there are tracking devices uh, which are proactive and continually send signals out to the user. So I've got an example in my own vehicle. If there's remote jamming in the vicinity, um, the device sends a message to my cell phone saying remote jamming in the vicinity, which is indication that the system is working. Um, so, you know, as with any insurance product, uh, the devil's in the detail, and the, it is a financial technical product, uh, whether you buy it direct or whether you buy it from an advisor. So it is the advisor's job to advise the client where there are specific conditions in the policy that need to be complied with. Well, let me put that a warning because I was very amazed and I shall deal with it. As you know, I do it short term uh, and I, have had, I often have the ombudsman on with me. I will deal with that ombudsman. I found that very unfair, very unreasonable. And I'm just warning to everyone, check your policy to have a look, your motor policy to have a look about because most motor policies today do insist on having some remote, con some, some remote uh, warning to some companies, example, NetStar. So please let that be a warning to our viewers this evening. Uh, Bernice in Kalani says, I have an 18-year-old vehicle. What value should I insure my vehicle for as the price of second-hand vehicles has increased in the past few months? Can I also not insure my vehicle for replacement rather than book value? And that's very sad okay. for elderly people who never want to replace their car, but it gets them from point A to B. Their car's 18, 20 years old. They hardly ever drive it. Something happens, car gets the write-off. Today, it's worth nothing. So. Is there any policy where you can insure for replacement? No, you can insure retail value on a, on a vehicle. But retail value at the age of the vehicle, Correct. from the book. Yeah, but the, the problem is with the, the older type vehicles is you have a relatively minor scratch or dent and the repair costs will exceed the certain percentage of the value and the insurers write the vehicle off. Uh, and then when you pay it out, you can't replace that vehicle with like for like. The one thing is certain particular vehicle models, uh, even if they're 18 years old, the values have gone up over the years. So that's one of the things we would recommend is that um, if you have a pre-owned vehicle and it isn't one of the popular vehicles is to check with the dealers what the going retail values of those vehicles are. Um, 
and it's quite funny in South Africa probably the last two years pre-owned vehicle prices have actually increased but now when the insurer reduces each year yes. the value yes. um, so are you saying that you, you need to check that value from the, from the dealers yeah because it hasn't necessarily um, gone down um, depending on the vehicle type that you have and um, condition and, and mileage condition, maybe yes uh, but you know the the fact of the matter is um, there comes a point when one needs to determine do I insure my vehicle comprehensively or third party fire and theft and save some money depends on um, you know what the repair costs are and what the actual value of the vehicle is I would say if the vehicle has a, a retail value below 30,000 Rand then one should seriously consider changing the scope of colour. The sad part for elderly yes. people, yes. that 30,000 Rand car, they're going to need 800,000 Rand to replace. Correct. Do you still have a mother? Is she alive? Yes, I do. Does she drive? No, she doesn't. She doesn't drive, okay. So you, we, we, we'll go, okay, let's go to Lawrence in East London. Yeah. Um, my, my personal vehicle policy gives me 30 days car high insurance. However, due to supply chain issues, there could be delays of up to three months or longer. Can I extend the per period in a cost-effective way? Yes, one can. There are sort of standalone policies which will give you cover up to 90 days. Uh, what I would recommend, though, is if the vehicle is drivable, uh, is not to take it directly into the panel beater because it might sit there for three months. So the advice would be, horror of horrors, drive around with your banged up vehicle until it's ready to go into the panel beater and then that might save you, you know, three or four weeks worth of cover. Yeah. Uh, the problem has come around because of uh, many factors including the war overseas and shortages of parts and uh, even supply chain management issues in South Africa where accident parts are not held by the OEMs locally. You have to import them, and that can be three to six months. And also load shedding also has affected yes. the panel beaters. Yeah. Uh, Peter from uh, Kelly in Park, which says, Mizen and I are both working from home, although it's saving us time and commuting costs. What extra insurance protections do you suggest we take? Because working from home can be a little bit more dangerous now. You know, yes. Normally you're not there during the day. Now you're all there at home. Yeah, so you, one can be exposed to crime, which you may not be uh, at your house during the day you're at work. Um, so I would recommend that one looks at the, the accident cover, but there are also some benefits. Um, they're not insurance products, but they're value-added services where you can have a panic button. Should someone uh, be in the vicinity and you're a bit nervous, you can press the button. They don't have to break in first. You can just see them outside your yard driving up and down and you can press the button and the armed response will come there um, to your place within about 15 minutes if you're in the major metro areas. Well, Peter, there are a lot of questions we never got to. We just yes. don't have, we always run out of time. Yeah. The professional risk advisor will work through first what is important to each client and then what their short, medium and long-term objectives are. There are so many necessary items that must be paid for. So cutting, cutting costs when it comes to insurance may be the worst possible decision. A professional broker should work with you explaining your, the risk exposures, the likelihood and loss scenarios, which will help allow one to make an informed decision as to what changes one needs to make to one's insurance requirements. Whilst death from illness actuarially is more tuned to older people, when it comes to accidents, it can happen to anyone, and so often employers' policies provide cover for death and possible disability, but accident policies have been largely ignored. They're not so expensive, so may I suggest that you speak to your broker. Peter? I'd like to thank you for joining me this evening. It's important to note our program tonight is to provide information 
and should not be construed as advice. Next week's program, we'll once again be dealing with financial planning. And if you need to get hold of me, my details will appear on the screen. I'd like to thank you for watching and good night. Thanks.